Hey y'all, I'm Moni and you're mixing with Moni, okay? Welcome to my weekly mixer where I take your favorite Bravo shows, TV news, and hot topics, mix it with my opinions and some of my friends' opinions, a little shade, and sometimes a cocktail or two. I'm bringing in my POC perspective to shows we all love. Let's mix it up. So Mixologist, if you love this show and it's ever made you think, you know what? I should make my own podcast. I say go for it. Let me tell you about Anchor, okay? Honey, it's free pumpkin. Yes, free. There are creation tools. It allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer just like I do. You can literally even add songs from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for whatever you want and can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, something the world's never heard before, or join the rest of us and talk Bravo, Housewives, Bachelorette, all those fun things you love in the TV you're watching. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, many, many more. All the girls will be able to hear you no matter what or wherever they like to listen. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, Pumpkin. Literally, you put it out, you can get paid for it. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. It's super, super easy. I love it. I use it all the time. I make this show and y'all love it. And you know what? I couldn't do it without Anchor. They make it so easy. They have the best support staff. You literally can reach out to them anytime. It's truly a great way to start a podcast journey. Get yourself out there. Talk to the people. Connect with the people that love the same things you love or people who maybe want to have a little discord with you. Either way, mix it up and let Anchor help you do that. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That is anchor.f as in father, m as in mother, to get started. Download that free app, honey, and get you some podcasting. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome back to Mixing with Moni. I'm Moni, and I am very, very pleased with the episode that we are going to be getting into today. We are not just going to talk. Housewives of Atlanta, Shaza Sunset, and Family Karma. We also, so I'm going to be covering those shows that we, I know I've been MIA, I'll explain in a moment. Then we are going to get into a fantastic conversation that I thought I would make a bonus episode, but I thought why not just make it one big juicy burger of a show, you know, for vegans or plant-based people out there. This has got to be the most bean field like meat substitute. We're talking beyond meat double patty type show. Uh, not necessarily in length, more so in content. We have Grant Rudder from Grant. It's Grant's Rants on Instagram and Twitter, but also Grant's Rants, Hollywood Talk, the podcast, and YouTube. It's one of my favorite things to do is listen to him rant about pretty much anything. And he has come on and we are going to talk, yes, of course, the New York premiere. And we're going to even compare the structure and quality of this show to one of the greatest things that has ever happened on Bravo in Housewives history and that has really defined what Roni is as an entity. And that is 
Scary Island. So I have him come on and we talk Scary Island, the episode, vacation episode of Roni from hell, basically. And we compare and we contrast and we get deep into why the show works, why that the dynamic of these women work even without an alpha. There's no distinct leader of the group. And it's kind of one of the reasons why even when Bethany leaves and it has left now, it still works. And we talk about that, but also talk about why she mattered to the show for as long as she did. We even get a little bit into a couple of rants about our beloved Andy and what his contribution to the shows and this, the current climate of Bravo, their success or lack thereof, their dip in ratings across the board. What's what's going on? We peel back the curtain a little bit, come up with some reasons and some theories as to why this is all happening. Because what else do we have to do, guys? We're literally all stuck in the house watching the same shit. Okay. So I'm going to get into Atlanta, Family Karma, Shaw the Sunset. Then I'm gonna have Grant Rudder come on and we're gonna have some Grant's rants about Roni. Scary Island and this fabulous premiere that you guys love. And don't worry, I am able to separate the art from the artist. I may not be a particular fan of Leah as a human being prior to the show, which many, you know, who have been listening for a long period of time know and have, I've gotten into many conversations and fights and gotten bad reviews over, but I can separate that from her contribution to the show. So we talk solely performance character, you know, who she is and how she's going to fit in. And we get into that and so, so, so much more. So sorry about the delay in releasing an episode in general, I basically fled the state that I was in. I was in Georgia. I flew myself on down the highway, not on the plane, because I'm so afraid of this whole virus and this pandemic, guys. Like every, I, I vary back and forth from thinking, I have it, I'm going to have it, I'm going to give it to someone too. I can never leave my house again, which really I have not been. I've been quarantined for about 18 days. Um, but that was before my road trip back home and I've been quarantined for another three days, but I finally arrived myself back into Maryland, the DC area. And I am looking at DC from my window right now. It looks beautiful and empty. (laughs) It's crazy. I'm so used to seeing so much traffic and the Metro and all the, in the buses and it's about midday and I see practically nothing. So it's, it's really kind of stressful and I am it's it feels like we're living in a really weird time so I'm trying to make this as normal as possible the delay only happened because I was packing I had to get out very quickly you know executive orders and apartment you know, mandates mandates and all these things came rapid fire okay we're talking within hours so I had to make very quick decisions and get myself back home and now I'm home I'm safe I'm in front of a television all is right with the world And I can talk to you now. So that is what we're going to do. We're going to get right on into um, Shaw's Sunset. Don't have too much to say about it. Uh, I think we have reached our peak of the show and the arc of all of the controversies and dynamics. And now it feels like it'll be more of the same. You know, are you Team Reza or Team MJ even in the group? It'll be more fights about that. I do want to get into Gigi's situations because I think that's the most important. Um, Then we'll get into Family Karma and Houses of Atlanta. And then, of course, New York. 
All right, that's the plan. Let's dive in. All right. So starting with Shaz, of course, we are seeing more and more of the same. Reza versus MJ. Mike and Nima consistently trying to insert themselves into this, which it, it does seem as if Reza is making them pick sides. However, it also seems that they are readily trying to pick MJ's side. They just, I guess, don't want to be labeled as having done so or they want to be so vastly in the middle they want to they want to make it seem as if Reza pushed them to MJ's side which maybe he did but it seems they are very determined to be on MJ's side and to let Reza know they should be on MJ's side and he should you know lighten up a bit which obviously they all should it does seem as if, though, there's not enough accountability being taken on the MJ and Tommy front. I fully understand that Tommy just snapped. It happens. He has endured a lot in his lifetime with his mom passing. And then, you know, the flash forward to his son being born and possibly having lost his mother before even really getting to know her Tommy having to lose his wife Tommy having to be a single parent Tommy having you know to uh, relive being a father a motherless son all over again through his son all of that is completely understandable as to why he was so hurt and triggered and Everything by what Reza did, especially with so much that was going on that Reza did not take into account when he, you know, insensitively called this woman while she's in ICU after giving birth, no less, and reams her out for before even ever having to go see her, asking if she was okay, putting his trivial problems that he created for himself before her problems that were extraordinary and beyond her control where she really could have used friends and family at that time I understand why Tommy was upset I would have been upset too breaking pots and pans or pots and flowers outside of his home he's lucky that's all you know he got himself into however MJ saying that basically this is a felony or a misdemeanor and it's all basically because of Reza I that isn't entirely true there was a choice made whether Reza drops the charges or not this still happened it wasn't just because Reza called the cops that you know your husband is being charged with the felonies because he did commit a crime of vandalism no matter how justified it was which is all the more reason why if they go to trial I think and I do believe that it's been settled since then but if they go to trial I'm pretty sure that Tommy comes out on top it's it's explainable so and there's a lot more history there than any judge would even want to have time to get into so it doesn't seem to necessarily matter to me what Tommy's motivations were but the point is it's not just because Reza called the cops that your husband is in this mess he did throw some things granted again very glad this is all that happened and I do understand his frustration just speaking solely from the side of the law, Reza does not have that much control, dear. Like he doesn't, just because he called the cops, the cops can decide what happens after that. And what if a neighbor called the cops? Or what if, you know, the alarm system that he had or something went off if he had one outside or if something, you know, broke the window or anything like that? What if 
the cops just showed up. It would have nothing to do with Reza either way. Your husband did this. So don't, so don't Reza did overreact and the civil suit can totally be dropped if he just decides to come to his senses and drop it. But the criminal thing, it's, it's kind of like a, it's up to the law. It's beyond all these powers and it is up to the powers that be. So that's that on their drama. I'm very saddened by what's happening with um, Gigi. I feel hurt that Gigi thinks that this, the the things that are happening with her fallopian tubes, and we see her pregnancy journey, right? We know that in real time she is pregnant with baby Elijah, but it does hurt my heart that she thinks that the way she's lived her life in the past is her karma. I would never want to challenge anyone's personal politics or beliefs on pro-life or pro-choice. That seems to be something you can take up with your priest, your conscience, your higher power, whatever. But to say I would never also then wish upon a woman, I'm keeping the same energy that I have with Reza, right? There's no way I'm going to agree or find comfort or solace in the fact that a woman thinks that her karma of not being able to have kids in the future and getting, you know, all these extensive surgeries or procedures done and these complications that she has to undergo are because of her choices made in the past. I will never put that on her because whether she believes she made the right choice or not, if she doesn't, we all make mistakes. That does not mean that we are destined to have nothing good happen to us that we really want, which is what starting a family is. Not to mention, if she doesn't believe that they were mistakes or wrong choices, she obviously is ready to have a child now. She, we've seen, was not ready to have a child before. And so now her wanting to have one and be able to giving, being able to give a child a home of hopeful stability, and we don't know what kind of mother she's going to be, but hopefully stability and what she thinks is a good life means that she is ready now and may not have been ready then for whatever reason or for whatever circumstance. To me, I don't think that punishment of the body and punishment of a, of a mother, that women should have that kind of guilt because men never do. And, and that's just the way it is. And it's so sad to me that she thinks that this is her karma and that she'll never have a kid now because of how she's lived her life in the past. I'm grateful for the humility and the remorse that she's showing for at least how she's treated other people and how she's behaved. But no, I will never agree with any woman that uh, being void of the opportunity to put life into the world is give or take and dependent on whether or not you were a good person in the past or you didn't make a mistake ever or you were perfect or you made the per- the best choice ever. But people make choices for themselves that they think are right. That doesn't mean that they shouldn't be able to be a parent later because kids are a joy. So, and it can change your life and make people better. We have seen it. We, we hope to see it. It's one of those things that really make you step up to the plate. So I am so sad to watch her go through this and, and really shame her herself. I appreciate her pulling all her friends together to be like, y'all have got to stop all this because what's important, like life is so short and what's important is our bond, how we treat each other, because obviously consequences are a thing and there are effects to everything that we do. And that is something that's possible. Sure, we can all agree to that. Do I think that the punishment fits the 
quote unquote crime. No, but she's right in that we all have choices that we make and how we choose to treat each other can definitely impact what happens to us later, how people treat us, the good things that come to us or the lack thereof. And then to see Mike and Nima and Reza make it all about them, I just was, <laughs> what a, I don't even want to say what a man thing to do. It was just so insensitive. The women weren't doing that. I mean, Destiny and this new girl, Sarah, has some kind of beef. They're not getting into it. I mean, MJ wasn't even there, but still, we time and place, gentlemen, okay? This is not what this is about. That's not what she's even saying. Y'all turning it into a fight and picking sides again lost it was lost it was it fell on deaf ears what Gigi was trying to say she's talking about possibly never being able to have a child having been pregnant being you know going through a miscarriage all of that she's talking about that and they're like yes yes you're right and I agree we should all love each other except for that bitch MJ and I'm just no you missed it so it makes me sad to see that and her go through that. And I appreciate her opening up her story and letting us see it. I'm very, very happy, especially seeing all that she put herself through mentally and emotionally and what she's telling herself and how she's feeling and, and grieving. Every woman's grief process is different. So to see her grieve this way and to be so, you know, I'm very happy she has a rainbow baby now. That's the baby that comes after the miscarriage if we uh, are familiar with the term she has her rainbow baby that she's pregnant with now Elijah and I'm so happy that she does the women women going through these fertility issues and stuff it is one of the hardest things to watch them talk about it is obviously not all the things about housewives that are silly goofy crazy that we love but it is important especially considering their audience and it's important even if their audience were not primarily women or mothers because other people need to know and be aware of what happens when a woman tries to have children and the realizations of what that can look like for a lot of people, a lot of women. So that being said, let's switch on over to Atlanta because that also brought me to tears watching the women talk about what few don't, but if you are a Serena Williams fan, then you are aware that she's talked very greatly about her struggles as well and what happens with, yes, all women are capable of having some kind of complication when they give birth or get pregnant. There is no doubt about it. It is an extremely risky thing sometimes for a lot of women, you know, to just have the families that they've always dreamed of. That being said, the women of Atlanta were calling special attention to the fact that there is a very high mortality rate of black women in this country when they go to give birth or when they are trying to get pregnant. Their risks are excruciatingly higher than most other nationalities and races and ethnicities in this country. And that can come from a lot of different factors that stem into well, you know, health care, wealth, uh, taking care of oneself, having access to those resources to take care of oneself. You know, you don't just get high blood pressure and eat bad food because you love it. You do it because it might be all that's available to you in the area that you are in or in low income houses, low income communities, things like that, which is historic. It's a lot of historic markers that go into what 
constitutes as a complicated or risky pregnancy for a lot of black women. And they were speaking about this. Each and every one of the women at that table in Atlanta at Portia's honorary luncheon, each of those women had a complicated pregnancy. And that is so sad to watch, to hear about. And though I knew, I know statistics and everything, I'm not a mother, but I am a black woman. And that made me feel so incredibly saddened for them, but also very, very grateful and happy that they all have beautiful babies. The women that were speaking, they have babies that love them, that they love because they went through a great deal of risk and and everything reward to get them. Then I went from feeling empathetic and emotional to no, she did not. Because somehow Kenya used her extremely important birthing story and risk factor to kind of single Portia out and shade her at her own luncheon. I guess we know she's going through miserable things. I still don't know how people don't see that what Kenya is going through and how she's taking it out on other people is very similar to what Nini was going through last year and how she was taking it out on other people. It, it may be different because people have very different views on how you should handle cancer, though I will never tell someone out because I saw my grandmother and my family take care of my grandfather during his cancerous years. So it's like, you never know how it's going to affect your family until it's happening to you. So hey, people are very irrational when dealing with a sick person because people are rash- people who are sick can be irrational. So, but it's pretty much the same circumstance of hardship response projection for Nini and Kenya but this is this is a lot to watch I mean we are watching Kenya Shamia who is what we've been introduced to whom we've been introduced to as Portia's best friend is not even talking about her birthing story I think she I think she mentions it briefly but not too many details and talks about her labor but Kenya really takes over the floor for Shamia and it's talking about Shamia's birthing process and was like you went into labor and you called me I'll never forget you called me because Portia I don't know what you were doing you weren't available she didn't she couldn't call you and you called me and you were like I didn't know what to do and my water broke and she's basically saying that Shamia chose Kenya over Portia to ask this news of what should I do? When should I go to the hospital? Uh, What is my next step? And it seemed like Shamil was trying to backtrack and be like, it wasn't because I could not talk to Portia. It was because you had already had the baby or you were pregnant or something like that. There was a reason that Shamia had other than me and Portia were on the outs, though I believe now currently they're on the outs. And it was but it was believed that Shamia was giving us a different reason for why she called Kenya. But Kenya wanted to make it seem in front of all of Portia's guests on national television at Portia's event where she's being honored. She wanted Portia to feel like she couldn't be reached by her own best friend. So naturally, her best friend couldn't count on her and the most important time of her life when she was you know pregnant alone ready to go into labor and I'm just like Kenya no girl no but now knowing Kenya you know has been locked out of her husband's life as she revealed that you know what we hear is that on the blogs her husband has other girlfriends or something like that 
what Kenya only lets us know is that her husband was also very controlling, which we have dabbled into and alleged on this show that there seems to be some level. You don't just jump to verbally abusive. There's usually some kind of other factors that lead into what a man or a person thinks less, you know, they have enough control to where they can kind of abuse that power over you. So him not letting her talk to his parents is the epitome of locking someone out of, you know, his life. He never was interested in being married and building a life with this woman. I think he used her every bit for a pretty baby as a woman would use him for a pretty baby or even maybe Kenya did. I think she definitely wanted a life and a family as she's always made it seem like she did. But Mark definitely used this woman because he had no interest. Wouldn't let her. What is the purpose of that? It's one thing to not let a woman go through your phone. That's already sketchy, right? To not let them go through your, talk to your parents. What if something happens to you? What do you want her to do? Pray about it? I mean, yes, maybe do that too, but she's got to call somebody. So I, Mark, he can go ahead as well as Todd. I have made it very clear that I do not trust or like Todd. Candy's husband. This episode, I did put it up on my Instagram stories, and many understood where I was coming from after seeing him basically shame. And I'm on. A, I'm going to apologize in advance for how much I say basically when I talk to Grant. I am aware. I cannot go back and fix it now. I would have had to re-record everything. The word basically, it's it's a hard word. Even when you take speech classes and you have seen speech therapists and everything, it's hard to not rely on those basically likes and literallys and essentially those transition words. It's hard because they teach them to you then they tell you not to rely on them. So I apologize in advance. Okay. All right. Todd, I said on my Instagram, I do not like him. I've said on my podcast, I do not like him. This episode, people have responded to me and concurred that he was being a little shitty to his wife by basically... <laughs> There it is by shaming her into staying home with him. My issue is this. We start the season with Todd wanting to build a restaurant solely for breakfast in a city that had got enough brunch restaurants where he already owns multiple locations of a successful restaurant that he could have just added a brunch menu to. You already have the liquor license. You already have the the brick and mortar. You already have the actual structure, the staff, everything. The only thing you would have to really shell out expense for was additional food and service fees. That's pretty much it. You, though, decide you want to take on a whole new project, get a new line of credit, buy a new building, get a new license, hire new staff, all these things. For what? And I've made very many theories and allegations that I think he just wants to run up Candy's money and invest enough to where they have it, quote unquote, together. So that in the event that they divorce, which I believe he's gearing up to do at some point, or he thinks that Candy's going to wise up and realize that he is a piece of shit and leave him, which I hope she will. But I don't think she will. She's given us no indication that she's anything other than sprung and hypnotized by this man even in all his awful glory so 
I think he wants to be able, because of the prenup that we watched him throw a hissy fit over during the wedding specials, he wants to make sure that community property is lit. So when he divides it down the middle, he is set for life and can gear up. And, and some, one of my followers actually invoked a new idea to me that he shamed Candy as a mother because he could possibly be gearing up for alimony too. This is a good alimony argument that she works too much that he is also a businessman but he is at home taking care of the babies when she goes out to work and if that's not the case though that is disgusting enough to just be a person and be a partner that you can't console your son on tv and otherwise and let him know explain to him why mommy's not there we saw the same thing happen on married to medicine right with scott and contessa and him kind of using the kids and using Contessa's absence and his feelings about it and using the kids as a pawn in that and, and to shame her to eventually come back home, though he did not say he wanted her to do that. That's what ended up happening because he made the kids feel like mommy's not here for you, right? Don't we hate it when mommy's gone? And kids are kids. They will believe you they will trust you if you say that something's wrong with mommy not being there they'll be like okay great this is exactly what I was feeling too thank you for putting the words out there because I didn't know what I was feeling but he could have consoled them and that's the same thing that happens with Todd he did not consult Ace he did what he would probably say is the best he could but he's not a mom he's not his mom he wants his mommy but he also has a daddy most kids will want their mommy first except for the few that have that always want their daddy first um but you could have easily just told him, explained to him why mommy's not there. Even if he still misses his mommy, it shows some, us some support, shows him that you're supporting, you know, his, his mom and her endeavors to make their family comfortable and safe. Because again, housewives cannot last forever. So we have to secure the bag now. Instead, she comes home and he shames her and it's like, I gave up my career for you. Remember how we met him? He worked with Bravo or something like that. And that pretty much she met him through the show and he couldn't do it anymore because I imagine because of the show. But also just because you are not producing and directing things, sir, which bullshit, because she had an entire production that went on tour that you were a part of in the whole production area. So hush. And he's talking about some of the trucking company. But sir, we are watching you open and build more businesses than we are watching Candy hustle. And Candy is constantly hustling. She is bringing you in. She is contributing to community money for the family that you are going to try to take if you'll ever get divorced. So to make her feel like a bad mother and shame her and say that she needs to be home because you miss your wife, you can say you miss your wife without telling her that she's failing at her jobs because that's not her job. To take care of the family. Her, she's taking care of the family the best way she knows how. Someone has to make that money. She is trying to do that. Is Candy ambitious? Absolutely. But I believe he was aware of that. Because we all were aware of that since we met her. And since she was with like AJ. And other people in the past. This is not new to us. So Candy being ambitious. Cry me a river. You knew what you were getting yourself into. But you can still express that you miss her. And that you would like her to retire or settle down without making her feel bad about it and to see that he does the exact same thing next week, next episode. 
I'm disappointed. I really am disappointed because though I knew this with Todd, it makes me feel bad to watch a woman. I don't like working mothers being shamed. I was a kid who was a child of a working mother. There were plenty of times as a kid that I wanted my mom more and times as an adult that I resent that she worked so much, but I understood the contribution and the sacrifice that she made because that's just the reality of some moms. Some are stay-at-home moms and they're amazing. Some are working moms and they're amazing. Moms are amazing. That doesn't mean we should shame one over the other and especially not coming from their partner or their husband or their spouse. That just seems counterproductive as a partner husband or spouse you may be babies with me also sir so you can relax and make sure that they're good and taken care of while I go and make sure they're taken care of because Candy is the face of the family the money maker is Candy she's the one we know we're not looking for Todd to run a restaurant we're looking for Candy's family to be the face of the restaurant because I've actually heard the food is not that great there I said it so Really, we're looking to see if Candy's there that day and that Candy's family is the face and that we're following that persona and that situation. But in his mind, if it's not a them thing where he can make money to and have contribution to it and have something he can take out of it, it's not worth it. Because if they wanted both of them on the show or they wanted Todd to be a producer on the show, I don't, on the show that she's on, I don't think he would be stopping he would not be shaming himself and nor would candy ever shame him for having to go work i mean for god's sake she drove his daughter to the airport to leave because he could was nowhere to be found so you can save it that she isn't a good enough parent because i've watched your older daughter basically beg for affection and attention from you and you meet her with a crisp bye so and not even so much as a, of a goodbye, just a bath. Because, again, she literally left the state and he was nowhere to be found. So, talk and save it. And that's how I feel about that. Last but not least, we will get on into family karma. Still developing this storyline. There are a lot of players in this game. I do still believe that Vishal is a piece of shit and a very deflecting individual. Um... It's interesting. Bronwyn reached out and said that she took a acting class with Vishal in Miami years and years ago. So I wonder how much of Vishal is acting, you know, and that conceited attitude comes from that maybe. But not all actors are bad. So maybe he was just a bad actor. So Vishal is still a deflecting piece of shit and he gaslights. He gaslit, uh, what's her name, Anisha a lot. Though Bali does seem to have gotten her story mixed up a little. And they keep flashing back to Vishal not actually saying that he and Anisha are not best friends and not really close. He doesn't say it, but he doesn't stop Amrit from saying it and doesn't contest or, you know, debate. Yes, we are really close. He kind of just lets Amrit say, I mean, yeah, we, me and him are much closer. And he agrees to that. So... Bali may have gotten her words wrong, but the sentiment was the same. And I don't like people that argue semantics. Bethany did it to Carol years ago in that big fight that ended up being the last time we ever saw Carol on the show. I didn't like she did it all season until the reunion when I switched teams. But I don't like people who argue semantics. You understand the essence of what Bali is saying and you did not defend the closeness of your relationship with 
Anisha and you let people believe that she likes this man when that's not even it. That being said, I really want to know more about Anisha's ex-boyfriend because she's saying that if you move to New York or something or move somewhere, she would get back with him. So she's and all of her family seems to. Well, we know they want a marriage and a wedding and family and kids more than they want her to be happy. They are telling her happiness will come, which debatable. But it does seem very much so that there is a lot of room for them to work things out after 12 years. So I'm curious to see why they broke up and us to go on that journey and figure out why they broke up, why they're not you know, talking or if they could get back together and what that would mean for the show. But if they broke up for the show, because there's been speculation that Brian moved back into his house just for this show. Did Anisha want to do this show and her boyfriend of 12 years did not. And she saw this as an opportunity for her brand and her clothing line and everything to kind of catapult maybe. And he wasn't on board. So they had two different things they wanted in life. But then it also seems like neither of them were ready for marriage or maybe he wasn't, she wasn't after 12 years, which does seem like the, there is a, a next steps conversation, whatever that might be for the two of them, that needed to be had because after 12 years, something's got to be happening, honey. And it just seems like her family wanted it to be marriage, but then tell your family to back off. Don't break up with him unless he really wanted it and you didn't, which again, I feel like we could have figured out before 12 years. But it also seems they've, they've known each other for so long since they were young and they were kids and she wanted room to grow. But it doesn't seem like she's moving that far away. The needle's not moving far away enough from him. And there's still room for them to reconcile. So I would like to see them reconcile. And his name is Vishnu. So I'm interested in Anisha and Vishnu's relationship. And I want to know more about that. I want to know more about the dynamic between Vishal and his future mother-in-law. They're now getting engaged, Vishal and his fiance in the in the Hindu culture they're finally getting engaged and being recognized by you know temple and the indian steps the steps are taken in the indian culture to be a real engaged couple so maybe they'll move the needle on that too because it's been a lot of years and then we have amrit whose boyfriend of what six seven years is like i want to get married in the next 12 months and he's like ah no and even his parents are like yep we've come around so full circle that we want a marriage or something it just seems like all these people are stalling their relationships when they should be stalling their parents' perceptions of relationships. Because obviously your parents want you to all be married and stuff and you all do not want that yet. And you think that you are doing yourselves a disservice in your relationships by not wanting that. But it's if it's a cultural thing, it's your family you should be answering to. Not necessarily putting the stall on your spouse or partner if they want that too unless you absolutely don't want it then let them go but I'm curious to see more about their dynamics between these relationships because none of them seem ready for anything but Brian and basically Brian got to the party too late with Monica and Monica is like boy bye don't want nothing from you anymore the ship has sailed a true testament that women grieve things first and then heal and men pretend they don't care and then grieve and then heal so now Brian's ready and Monica's like already said goodbye to that possibility homie so it's a wrap on that and now they're going to Key West we are going to Florida again I really think that the Keys and vacationing in Florida 
Miami, West Palm Beach, Key West, all of the things need to be put on ice in Florida. Until we get Housewives of Miami back, it just seems like everyone else gets into way too much trouble in Florida. But maybe because they're from there, we'll see something good happen. Maybe it won't be as bad, though. The Friendsgiving party that Bali threw lets me know that these people get really rowdy because of how deeply intertwined they are with each other. You know, Anisha and Vishal are trying to have a conversation. Amrit comes up and goes, what's going on? We get it. You secretly are in love with Vishal. We get it. Okay. That's my perception, but it's, come on. He is so protective over this and wants to be so closely, you know, entangled with Vishal that it seems that he's the one that has the crush. And that's why he's deflecting it onto Anisha, that she's the one who's overstepping and, you know, thinks she's closer than she is and maybe has a crush on Vishal, which again, calling bullshit. There's no way. So that's, there's not, I really want to see how this works out, but uh, Amrit doesn't even leave while they're still trying to talk. And I think Anisha gave up way too easy and let it go. But again, she wanted her friend back. She never really wanted to fight with him in the first place. She just wanted an apology and he didn't really give it. So it is what it is. Women constantly having to mend the fences and get the ball rolling because these boys don't know what they want and that's exactly what happened so I am excited for the rest of the season it's good fun television gives me a lot of good Shaw's and early Vanderbilt rules vibes where they were all friends and the drama was organic because they all had a group before we even knew them so I just need them to dig a little bit more and a little quicker into why these dynamics are the way they are and the secrets of the past because you signed up for the show I want to see it all I want you to mention it all okay that concludes my Bravo coverage of Atlanta Family Karma and Shaws of Sunset and now we're going to get into the good stuff with Grant Ryder from Grant's Rants Hollywood talk and it's Grant's Rants on Twitter and Instagram and we're going to talk Scary Island which is so if you are at a good breaking point and you want to get into Scary Island with us, because we will also talk the premiere at the end for about 15 minutes to 20 minutes. But you want to see Scary Island before you do and you're going to have a great time. It is one of the best episodes ever. I believe it's actually called Sand Something and Psychosis. I think it's Sand Sun and Psychosis. So if you want to go and watch that first, yes, Sun, Sand, and Psychosis, go watch that first. It's season three, episode 12 on Hulu or like the Bravo app or something, even YouTube. Okay, girl, go watch. And I use girls all encompassing. You're all my girls because I don't know who you are. See you. All of you mixologists, go out there, make a cocktail, watch Scary Island and watch the train wreck it starts from beginning to end that fabulous gift of Ramona being handed a glass of wine and rolling her eyes because she is so stressed that is from that episode go to sleep is that episode the jelly bean run is from that episode Al Sharpton go watch Scary Island watch the glory of all those dynamics and then follow up and listen to us me and Grant talk Scary Island and the premiere in New York or watch it after you talk about everything. Let us convince you this is what you want to be doing with your quarantine. Season 3, episode 12 of Real Housewives of New York, Sun, Sand, and Psychosis, also known as Scary Island. Coming up next, me and Grant get into 
all the things that are Roni. All right, guys, as promised, I have the Grant Rudder from the amazing Grant's Rant Hollywood Talk Podcast and also a routine guest on so many of my fave shows. And most of those faves have also come on my show and spoken so highly of what I've already assumed to be true. So I just figured the logical next step, me, I could stop standing from afar and just have you come on the show. So thank you so much and welcome. Oh my God, what an intro. That is so <laughs> kind, unnecessary, but I will soak it up. I am taking it in. Stop. Thank you for that. Oh my God, no, this is so nice to do this with you. I know you are very patient with me. We've been going back and forth, waiting, trying to find the right topic. And, you know, we each have our lives. Everyone's life has been turned upside down. Oh my God, yeah. And here we are. Yes, it's been uh, definitely so much because there's not a lot going on especially hot topics wise in the bravo world and i think bravo is rushing to put out content we're all trying to put out content and it's just like but we're all pretty much doing the same thing so there's not always so much to work with so i've been having a lot of fun doing these deep dives into old things so i thought it would be kind of fun to do i mean obviously the hot topic right now until we get some other franchise actually live on bravo is roni housewives of new york is back so definitely talking New York, the premiere, as everyone has already been blowing me up, asking me questions. I'm sure you've done the same thing. I mean, this is this is our pinnacle. This is our big, like, this is like a holiday. When Roni's back, we're all in a good place. Thank but we're, God. Thank, because right? I will tell you, it's like, I now, it's like, it is like a holiday. Because, like, I celebrate Roni. You know what holiday I don't celebrate? Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. So to me, I'm go. gonna. I'm enjoying this holiday. I'm enjoying this, but I will not be watching Beverly Hills under any circumstance. So this is this is my time to shine. This is my this thing. Is my, yep, my Thursday nights are good again. Honestly, and I love that they put it on Thursdays. I love that you know the days of the week. I have something to look forward to again. This is really good for me. Throwing everything on a Sunday is like, it's great, but then it's like, okay, but we have nothing to prepare for for the week anymore. We're all pretty much home doing the same thing as everybody else. So having a Thursday, it's like, I don't even know. It's like my new holy grail. I love this day. Nothing else is happening on Thursday but Roni. But I found myself preparing literally all day long for Roni. Yeah, I mean, I've been started to do a um a run a rundown. I won't say a recap; it's a rundown of the episode. And um, now I'm doing that immediately after the show airs. But because it airs here late, I can't get anyone on the East Coast, so I have to now talk about prepare. I have to find the show beforehand, which now I'm going to start paying for it, where I can get the East Coast feed, and then I'm going to outline right. it and then record. And hopefully, the show will be up and done when it airs for its last time here on the. Uh, on the specific time zone, Pacific time zone, uh, just about right before it airs in uh, Hawaii, I hope to get it up. That way, it could just you know, these things don't have to be so timely. So it is. It's a whole day. It's a whole thing. Even just just yeah. do a podcast. It's it's a Honestly. lot. Like guys, literally the things that we put ourselves through. No, <laughs> I was binging something completely different, and then I was like, I have to stop, and I need to jump back into Houses of New York. Because we are also going to be talking about one of the most pinnacle episodes in New York history that really has come to define the status of New York and the franchise of Housewives. And that is Scary Island, which some people don't even know is like not even called Scary Island. 
So when they go look yeah. for it on the Hulu, it's like not there. You can't see it as that. So it's we're gonna get into that as something that defines Roni as as an entity. And then of course this premiere, especially considering there's no Bethany. So there's so much to t- to talk about because we have a whole new Roni happening right now. Yes, I, I'm all for it. I don't miss Bethany. I'm fine with it. It's all good. I don't dislike her. She is not the show. It's an ensemble show. It, it, one person does not need to swallow up the show. Nene, Lisa Vanderpump. Are you hearing me? Kyle, I'm sorry. Kyle, that's another so good one too. much control over that show and it's the reason that it's tanking. Kyle is the reason she's tanking her own show. At least with Nene, she knows that if she doesn't somehow get on get in good with these girls, the show will literally move on without her, as New York is doing. But Kyle just thinks that if you know the show is her, it's her show, and we're all just watching it. And I cannot stand it. I don't know how this is going to happen this this new season. I mean, obviously, I'm going to put myself through it because I'm a glutton for punishment. But you know, I completely respect people who are like, I'm not watching. Like you, you are saving yourself. The boredom, I'm sure. I see. I watched it last year. I actually went back and looked at some old Insta stories. And I remember just saying, like, this is such a chore. This is awful. This is awful. And I remember at at the end when they had those reunions, which I don't even know if I finished. I did because I I finished it on AfterBuzz. And I just was like, I am done with this. Like, and I hoped that I, like, in nine months from now when the show returns, I will feel the same way. And I honestly do. The only reason why I would even consider watching, which I'm not, but if I were to consider is because I don't want the ratings to fall that low where people say, see, you shouldn't have got rid of Lisa Vanderpump because Lisa Vanderpump is not the problem on that show. Not um, at all. I don't like her at all, but that's not the reason why that show is so poorly produced. It's it's There's so many reasons and I've rehashed them a billion times, but I don't want people to think that viewers tuned out because of Lisa. Viewers tuned out, or this viewer tuned out because the show was not worth their time. Yeah. Absolutely. It was just, it just got to be to a point where it was a job to watch. I, I literally could not believe they disrespected us with the amount of episodes that it took to get through it. I, I couldn't believe the storyline. I couldn't believe anything that they manufactured and, and had the goal to pass off to us as if we wouldn't notice, wouldn't care, or, or we're like just gonna Thank be you. so ups- okay with this. And I'm like, you know, we all see through this, right? We see the blogs, we read everything. How on earth could you think that we were gonna read and see all the things that was going on in your real life and we were gonna be okay with this bullshit you passed us? Like right. this, that's not yeah. it at all. It's like literally, and- it was like canned meat and pickles on like a wooden <laughs> charcuterie board given to me with like really, really cheap wine, not even like the good black box wine, but like cheap ass wine and passed off to me as like some high class shit. And I'm like, no, this is not what we signed up for. Nope. And you know what? I would have given them a shot. If the production company was like, look, we're going to really shake this up. We're going to, we're going to go back to the drawing board and figure out the show. Uh, You know, instead it's like they put people out and it started at BravoCon. It was out in the press and it was like, Oh, you're gonna love this new season. It's so good. It's so good. It was like instant. This like they they announced Garcelle, who I like. I have no problem with her. But they announced her and Sutton way early on to as to get some positive buzz because the press was so bad about the show for the show. Um, and then now, like the promo, it, it, it's they're relying on Brandy, who I think is going to appear in two or three episodes. Like what they've put out for me as to judge if I'm going to watch or not is not positive either. So you know, if you want. 
lapsed viewers to come back, you got to do the work. It's not enough. I'm sorry. It's not enough. It doesn't no, look I, good. I, I completely agree. I had an issue instantly, of course, with the tokenism of them just being, especially as a girl who, obviously, I have a, PO, a POC podcast. I talk about the shows that don't typically recognize that I am a viewer 90% of the time. But I'm like, what we're not going to do is just throw in Garcelle, whom we all no, if you don't know her, you're obviously you're gonna like her. If you've never if you've never seen her before, you'll think she's refreshing. But I've already known who she is, and I already like her and for her work. And she was not a big enough band aid. You need to literally do surgery. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah I completely agree. And um, I don't believe that we need to. This I don't want to come across the wrong way, but like I don't believe that this needs to be a, a, a pat on the back for the show because they cast no, us. So I, I think at this point, um, having a woman of color on a show like this is a must. It, it's not uh, something to celebrate because we all just decided this is like, let's let's mix it up. It's like, this should have been done a long time ago is what I'm saying. Yeah, it should you're, be, you're, you're uh, honestly this should late. happen across all, exactly. It's too late to pat yourselves in the back for being diverse. This, I mean, come on now, let's, let's mix it up. There, there, I live here. I see it. I know it. Um, it's taken too long. So it's a great thing that they did it, but they should have done it earlier, in my opinion. I completely agree, especially when you've seen such great. We, it used to be so much greatness back in the day. I thought it had, a, it had so much more promise. They were really real and raw. I mean, so many things were happening, even in their vain worlds. They were still honest about it. And that's something that is not unattainable and that's what I can't stand about Beverly Hills because you have New York that we go as far back as Scary Island and then as far forward as this new premiere and it's the same we're getting raw we're getting real we're getting ridiculous we're getting crazy we're getting yep. Ramona like it's like Ramona is so the same it, it's it's almost crazy to me but it's something that I have come to rely on with New York and I think it's the reason why it's so refreshing is people find that it's comforting they can just see these women. They know what they're going to get from these women. They're not trying to sell me an idea exactly. or a persona. Exactly. And that's what I say to people. Like, well, why do you like New York? Why did you like Dallas? I don't like Dallas anymore for the record. Uh, oh, please. Um, but like why I liked those shows over a show like, and I'm not a fan of Atlanta because I find it to be too highly produced that with, with New York, you cannot produce Ramona Singer. You really can't produce Sonia. I don't you think cannot. you're going to be able to control Luann. Um, you know, so it's like... <laughs> Luann can't even control Luann. No, so it's like, that's what makes it such good television, right? Because you don't have a producer in someone's ear like they have. We saw all this season on New Jersey and it was an entertaining season. That's the difference. It was highly produced, but at least it was entertaining. And it's just too many people in, in the ears trying to look, ask about this. I, 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 it's, it's too much. It's too produced. And Teresa has too much control in New Jersey, but that's another story for another day. <laughs> no, it's, you know, you're right. And I think that that's what we love about New York is that there are no, they're all alpha women. They, they, they cast women that can command a scene by themselves and together. Like they're all playing their parts so well. The personalities are so different. And I mean, they've been doing this since day one. I mean, even as far back as season three and watching Scary Island, I've never been a fan of Kelly, but the reason that this 
episode became such an epicenter for why people love New York is because the dynamics were that of equal caliber, if, if not in class or status, but in personality. Like Kelly Ben Simone and Bethany Frankel could not be too further apart like individuals, but yeah. their dynamic was like a fight of dogs that actually matched. Like they were, it was a, it was good fight to watch. And, and when she goes into we're the, the opponents, and, yeah, we're the opponents. We're the opponents. I mean, and they start early. I mean, if you haven't seen season three for a lot of people, this is episode 12. So, and it's called, uh, I think, Sun, Sand and Psychosis, which what a title. And, yeah, and I, then, in the Hulu description, it says Kelly Benson has a total breakdown. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, exactly. I love it. It's back. Like so shady even back then. And so we're, we're talking all season long and the season before. So many dynamics have changed. Bethany is kind of on the rise, but she's still a chef at that point. And that's literally what's it gets under Kelly's skin so much that she called herself a chef. And there's like this one scene that just drives me nuts with how much I was uncomfortable and it was so awkward but like on the they're on this yacht going to the scary island as Kelly calls it and they're having breakfast and Bethany is just talking out loud about nothing in particular and mentions that she's a chef and Kelly just goes cook you're a cook and I was like "Ah, this is oh my god oh my god I honestly forgot that this episode was bigger than just Kelly's breakdown there's so many nuggets in this episode each scene is better than the last it really is it just kept getting better and better and better as time went on and i was literally flabbergasted that we even had all this in one episode because it seems like this is one of those things that for almost any other franchise especially you know beverly hills this would have been all season long and for at least any other franchise it would have been at least a two or three parter Oh, yeah. I mean, the content out of this episode is more than Beverly Hills has seen since the early 2000s. <laughs> I mean, now I'm being facetious, but um, I, I went on thesaurus.com and I just typed in cook, C-O-O-K. It's right. syn- synonyms for cook, baker, chef. So, okay, chef. is. So I really don't see the difference. So look, I've never worked a day in my life in culinary except I worked at a country club seating people as a host. Big friggin' deal. So I know nothing about the hospitality world, really, honestly. But I mean, I consider them the same. I think most people would. I think Kelly was coming at Bethany with an elitist complex of, because, you know, the whole I'm down here and you're up here was just a few episodes before within the same time zone of this season or the last. And Bethany was building her skinny girl brand, but she was definitely ahead of her time with the whole vegan thing and the chef and everything else. And Kelly was kind of trying to emphasize that a chef would probably be the one in charge. A cook would be the one taking the orders. So it's okay. behind the okay. line of a restaurant, which I have worked in some restaurants here as, you know, in wait staff and everything here in DC. The chef, the head chef is the one who curates the menu. They're the one who has to come up with the recipes, but they also have to cook in order to do that. But the just to be a cook, she was trying to be very derogatory and put her in yeah. a place of you take the orders. You're not an executive chef. You're not in a restaurant. But she limited her to being in a restaurant to be a chef. But there are plenty of hired chefs to be to do a lot of things. You don't have to be in a, in a restaurant or start your own restaurant 
to be a chef, but I think she was meaning like you go to culinary school or you have this name behind you or you're, you know, you're headlining a menu and Bethany was not doing any of those things, but it was definitely meant to be a dig. Yeah, I'm looking. I, I after that description, it makes sense. That's yes, that she is a chef. I believe. Um, even just looking at the definitions on dictionary.com <laughs> while I'm here. Yes, uh, I mean we had to, to look prepare around. food. Yes, the, right. You know, application yes. to subject something to application of heat. So they're physically, <laughs> they're physically doing the <laughs> cooking. Well, yes, a chef. You're right. I get it. Now they're plotting out the menu. They're you know. But I don't even up. think Kelly was trying that Kelly even knew the difference between the no. two because we a cook also has to, for that they did <laughs> exactly. I mean, honestly, a cook also has to be in a restaurant to be the cook. Like, yeah. otherwise, all of us are cooks and chefs because we all can cook at our own pace and you know be hired to be a caterer. And she's like, "Any who could be a caterer?" And I'm like, "Actually, not really." I mean, you, like, yes, but no. And this whole conversation happened like right before, right before all this, the night before is when Kelly called her. I'm not a hoe bag like Bethany. Exactly. And I've never seen, I think we have forgotten the days where Bethany could be so easily broken down because immediately after that, she goes to like the couch to get on her phone or her laptop and just cries. And I'm like, this really got to her. And it was so crazy because the dynamic of these women were they really were all the same. They they could easily get to each other, get under each other's skin. They nobody was a group or a leader or anything like that. But Bethany's sitting there pregnant, and you got this other woman calling her a hoe bag. She's is exactly. it? I assume this is when she was married to Jason at the time, which we're still seeing the the sins of that marriage. I mean, that oh, would never end. Her. Um, <laughs> but I that ripple effect will never end. Um. But yeah, I think that is absolutely ridiculous that you're right. I mean, now, could you imagine Bethany putting up with that for a split second? The way she got in Luann's face? You F everybody. I mean, I can only imagine. She, You know, Kelly got uh, Bethany on a good day. No, absolutely. Like, it seems to be a completely different Bethany. I just did a, a bonus episode with Anthony Lario about New York as an entity seasons one and two right before this one. And it was like it, the, the Bethany at that time was just Jill's beta. Like she was right. literally right. just her lackey. She was not the entity that we knew on New York yet until Jill left. And I don't think that had as much to do with the money as much as it did the shadow kind of being lifted above her and that dynamic changing and basically never being able to be revived again. Cause even on this trip, I didn't even notice that Jill and Luann weren't there until we get to the scene where they were talking about not being there. I don't think they could get away with that now. I think these shows are so produced that these women, they have no choice. They're contractually obligated to go on these trips. And it later in this part season, of crazy. Yeah. And like later on when they went to Montana and Aviva was like, I have asthma. And she couldn't go. I don't think they could get away with that now. I mean, of course, yeah, if she no. had a doctor's note, but like they're expected to go and suffer through these trips. I don't know what Luann's excuse was. She said she had to stay behind because it was her daughter's birthday. Yeah, I think back then they really did have a choice. And now it's like, no. And you want to know something? I would be willing to bet, at least for New York, that an episode like Scary Island is the reason why they're contractually obligated to go. Why they all have to just suffer through. I mean, we see on Atlanta just recently, Kenya's man full on fucking left her. Like, left her. And they basically told her to go to Greece. They were like, Greg, you're still going. 
You don't have a family, but you don't need a family to go <laughs> on this trip. So nothing yeah. can stop you. If Bravo says you need to be on that plane, you're getting on that plane. Yeah, that's it's a little like hard to keep suspending one's disbelief that these people are just out there living their lives. Um, you know, if they were a little bit more open about it, like, hey, we have a cast trip. You know, the production company has paid for all of us to go. You're expected to go. Like, I would respect it more versus having to pretend that she decided she wants to take a vacation when her family falls apart. Exactly, Ugh. exactly. So, and, and Luann <laughs> being like, you know, her daughter's yeah. birthday. And she was so justified in that response to the point of like, kind of like a fuck you. I'm not going to get on this boat just because, and it's my daughter's birthday. I want to be with you people. And this was a time where it was a little bit more optional because Jill didn't go pretty much just because she had um, beef with the other ladies. And so Kelly feels that she's basically alone and she feels she's alone, but not to the point of where she is going to cower to the attack. She still is going to rise to the occasion and bring out that sword, which is always what bugs me because she did so much of the antagonizing of Bethany and, and pretty much everybody else, but she felt the most attacked herself. I remember Bethany like leaves those skinny girl bags as she will soon do for literally the rest of her time on mm-hmm. the show. She leaves these good, these goodie bags in front of somebody's door with like her bottle of the skinny girl margarita, towels, sunglasses, a lot of cute like you know beach stuff. And Kelly gets it. She's so offended by it. And then cries. And I was just like, oh, we have begun the spiral. <laughs> yeah, I can see both sides. So Bethany, she had the bags embroidered with their initials. She thought it would be a nice gesture. And I can see how Kelly would be like, but I don't want your crap. You know, like, I'm, I am I can think if I if somebody did that to me and I really didn't like them and I didn't care to celebrate their brand, I really wouldn't want to have their popcorn, you know, in my room either. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'd, I'm good. Like, it is a little bit of like, you know, as, as, uh, what's her face? Ramona said on that phone call. An infomercial? An infomercial? Uh, it was a little bit yes. of an infomercial. New York definitely becomes Bethany's infomercial for pretty much the rest of her time. But I think, I, I definitely get what you're saying. I don't think that was Kelly's mindset. She literally thought she was being attacked because then right after that, she calls Jill Zarin and is like, basically, I have nightmares of Bethany killing me. Her tongue is like knives. I don't know how Jason kisses her with those knives in her tongue. And I'm like, we literally just watched you attack her also. Like, y'all did it to each other, but okay. Sure, I'll bite. And even Jill's confused. So I felt justified in my confusion. The whole thing was a mess. It's kind of like... I mean, it's entertaining to watch, but it's also like, like, what is going on? She's just walking around eating jelly beans all over the house. Like, <laughs> yeah, those moments are really like, get you know what? And and let's literally let's just jump into this this dinner from hell because this is when things go so left. I, I it's hard to keep up with. I had to rewind it at least three times, like a few scenes. We get to this dinner. Bethany was like basically telling us that she's poor. She says that everyone brought a gift for Ramona. I did not even remember that this whole girl's vacation was technically for Ramona's vow renewal. And I was like, oh. hey, where is Mario? <laughs> like, always, it had nothing yeah. to do with him. There's always, that was a thing back then too. They always had to have an excuse. Oh, I'm, I'm thinking about making a, a clothing line. Let's go see the factory where they make shirts. So we, let's all go to like Thailand. All the way in Mexico. Yeah, yeah. Stay so for like, a week and also yes. taste tequila. 
you know, the t- tequila, tequila tasting. Uh, at least that was a little bit more believable. But I don't, I doubt that Bethany, the business maven, needed to drag Ramona Singer with her to see how tequila was made. But you know, no, 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 of course not. Like I don't for a second believe that. It, that's <laughs> the reason why it's fun to watch. It's like yes, you know, you have a business, but also we love a trip. Sure, we'll buy. Right. So they go and Bethany's like, this is my gift to Ramona's to make dinner for everybody. I'm like, okay, so you're poor still. Got it. Got it. Um, And so she decides to make this beautiful dinner. It is inclusive of cocktails and salsa and different salads and um, dressings and steak and courses. Okay. The girl has courses. And I was like, this is nice. And it just seems that Kelly comes down and the girls are starting to kind of feel her vibe because she starts to take phone calls of her kids in the same, well, not room, they were outside. And I can understand Ramona's point that Kelly is being rude, having this conversation on speakerphone with her kids in front of everyone, which she's like, you know, we have this big house, we have this big, all these rooms, just right. go in the other room and talk to your kids. But Kelly takes that as, this is my life. These are my kids. Don't you dare talk about my kids. And Ramona's like, I just said, go in the other room. Yeah. See, I don't think I would have said anything. I would have not been happy that I had to sit and listen to someone's conversation, but I don't think I would have said anything. It's, 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 it's on Kelly. She um, shouldn't have been there. She should have had some decorum to know that not everyone wants to hear a telephone call. It is etiquette. Yeah. It's proper etiquette, but again, Ramona is going to Ramona, even in the early days of Ramona. And she right. it gave the most Ramona response when she was like, I'm sorry, but like, you go in the other room. Like, you're, it's a lot. Just go in the other room. I'm sorry. And she, Kelly just does not like that. They bring out all these martinis or, um, yeah, they were like mango martinis or something like that. And Bethany comes out and it's like, you got how are you guys, you know, enjoying yourself? And Ramona's like, you wouldn't believe what just happened. And they're like, wait, something already happened. It already happened. Kelly was determined to dislike this dinner before she even got to the dinner because she already has this, you know, feeling that Bethany is out to get her. As soon as she sits down, do you want a martini? I don't drink martinis, which sure, that can be true, but it could have been anything. And if Bethany made it, she wasn't going to drink it. Right, right. Yeah, she was not for this meal. It's it's obvious. Um, I, I just I was just thinking back because I actually just rewatched her right before this. She came in to that dinner with an attitude, but she had an attitude the whole time too. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, like you know, it's I wouldn't I would have loved to have known what was going to happen if Jill was on that trip with her the whole time, because you know the, the way she puts it, the meeting um, Kelly, she's like I have nobody. I'm completely alone on this trip. So I could understand like feeling that way, but. She's taking it to another level. She's being too passive aggressive. She should have just stayed quiet. As New York, a New York, real no, as New York, a flavor of love says, she should have been quiet. Sat there, sat there, and ate her steak and just enjoyed it, because <laughs> um, it got to be too much. Oh, I love a good New York reference. Oh my god. Um, yeah, basically, it just it became too much, too fast, too soon. And they sit down, and the women are basically just trying to praise Bethany's food. We will never know if it's good or bad, but they were trying to praise it because Kelly went to the extreme of letting her know you can't do any of these things. And it was something more decorum we've seen from Bethany than I think for years to come, we will never see it again, where she doesn't even really 
defend herself. She was sort of like, just if you want to eat it, you eat it. If you don't want to eat it, you don't want to eat it. It's fine. But Kelly was bound to find something wrong with it with the knife. The steak wasn't right. And Bethany's like, I'm going to fix it. I'm going to try to fix it. But she did it with a little less lip than we're used to seeing from her. And I think that's really where the dynamic starts to shift that everyone's seeing something's wrong with Kelly because she won't let up and no one's provoked, nothing's provoked it. She just has an issue with everything. Yeah. The salad dressing was the only thing she like found to be <laughs> pleasing, which I can understand. The skinny girl salad dressing is actually pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least there was one item on the menu that was appropriate. Basically, it's the only thing that she was going to give her credit for. And I still find that to be, like you said, passive aggressive. It was still a dig. It's salad dressing. And she's like, well, you, it was amazing salad dressing. And I just thought, oh, what a mean girl thing to say. I but know. I, that's so me. I know. It's such a mean girl. Thing. Of like all the different, you know, things. And Kelly's just like, I don't want to eat any of it. I don't like to eat these things. And then they start this dynamic with, Alex and Kelly about Alex being summoned by the devil, channeling the devil. Oh, and that and, photo shoot. Was that in the photo shoot or was that the yes, day before? I think the day before. So they had the photo shoot and that was one of my, that's one of my favorite scenes of New York to date. Alex in her mouth is just, <laughs> I can't get it out of my head. And it always made me laugh because Kelly is talking about Bethany being a cook versus a chef. When if she's just a cook, to what we would think she was as a chef. What are you as a photographer when your yeah. husband is like the biggest fashion photographer at the time? And not only that, but that scene with their when they're doing the photos on the beach, it just goes to prove how Sonia and Ramona have not aged. I'm talking about grown up, like as people. They are still twenty-one year old girls in the corner taking selfies and pictures of each other with their pushing their boobs up and giggling. I mean with like dis- disposable cameras, digital yeah. cameras. <laughs> Those two have not like they they've not grown up. At least I know Sonya nope. hasn't. And Sonya I like her. Wants to put on her sex kitten positions, and Ramona is like, I gotta see how my butt looks. You know, I work out. You gotta look at my butt, and I'm just like, Ramona works out. I I'm shocked. Oh God, I know. I'm, I'm trying to figure out what is different about Ramona from back then till now because, like, obviously she's ageless as we've been told, but it's like, what is it? Fillers. Is it fillers? Yeah, because must be around her cheeks too. Because she, I, I'm not saying yes. this in a mean way, but she looks a little. Her face looks a little bony. It looks a little more harsh back then. A little more yes, rigid. It looks rigid. a lot more full now, like fatter. Yeah. And you know, they do say typically fatter faces age less and age, you know, not as yeah. quickly. Like yeah. they, the fat on the face is like it's it's good for you. I mean, it's yeah. all the girls out there with rounder faces, chubbier faces, don't ever want to lose that because it's going to be your Saving grace when you were 60, you know, rubbing a slap ages by Ramona on your face. It's it's your saving grace. But, her hair, her hair looks a lot filler, fuller, I should say, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, she money. looks yeah, money. That's all you need. Yes, because this is also like the original Bethany jaw that we're seeing as well. I mean right. I, it's I a different jaw. Bethany. Yeah. It's a totally different face for most of these girls. But yeah, you have Sonya doing her, you know, sex kitten positions and Alex trying to walk and be sexy. And it, she's about as awkward as they come. So it's the funniest thing ever. You and, know? I, and I really like Alex. I forgot a lot about Alex, to be honest with you. She was lost in the shuffle because this show has changed so much. She's in one of my favorite of all time. 
I'm not even going to lie. Really? That's, a, yeah. that's an honest fact about me. I think Alex, I was just talking about this on my last bonus episode. I think Alex did not get a fair shake. And she was a little ahead of her time because the life she really wanted to live, she could have lived now if she had stayed on New York. But she would be that higher society girl that people are always talking about that is in the news. Because Alex was a good-ass time. I found a lot of joy in watching her take many ones for the team. Yeah, and she... <laughs> Remember the water buffalo when she slunk <laughs> down the steps? She, um, she uh, to me, she was very real, uh, very straight up. Uh, you know, she, her, she wasn't as uh, delusional as half the cast is on this show, in my opinion. Especially now. I mean, I think that if we thought Alex was delusional back then with how how relative she was and relevant she was in like New York society. If we would have known what Luann was going to become later, what we knew then as Alex was, we would have taken embraced oh, Alex. Full yes. Force. Can you full imagine force. Alex? Can you imagine Alex trying to sit through a Tinsley Mortimer breakdown? <laughs> I think she would have, because the way she handled Kelly's uh, breakdown was pretty much just like, what the hell is happening? Just like, stop and stare. Are, yeah. Just staring at her. And it's amazing to watch. But she's just like, you just said I was summoning the devil and I was an angel at the same time. Okay, I'm confused. <laughs> and she doesn't even like break a sweat or blink an eye. No. She's just looking at her confused. She's cool. Yeah. No, I, she, I, I don't know why she's, it's, even in like the meme game of Bravo, um, she, Alex seems to be uh, kind of lost on people. I, I don't know why. Um, she's not one to uh, forget, in my opinion. I think New York has had so many one-offs, even though Alex is, is an exception. I think they've had so many one-offs that if Kelly, if, if even Kelly Kaloran Ben Simone did not constantly pipe up on social media, people would have forgotten about her because there's just yes. so many people and so many personalities. And New York, again, does not, cast beta characters it, as much as you like to think that they do any beta on new york would have been a major deal on any other network or any other city so i think that they just get lost in the shuffle because the girls aren't boring they just it's hard to stay afloat when you are amongst the sonias the ramonas the luans the bethany's even the jill's yeah. Aarons. like they get I mean, lost yeah a good example of that is barbara from last season so oh i agree God. with you i actually i, I really very, like very her. good I really like her. I like following her on Instagram. She's, you know, she is a powerful woman. She really she is, is. a lovely, lovely woman. I just did um, the It's Bravo Bitch podcast with her and Bronwyn. They were doing like wives helping lives. And I was watching her and I was just thinking, she really should have gotten a second chance. <laughs> At least it should have been given full housewife status. Though I know she was, I didn't believe, demoted like mid-season. I, be I really thought that she could have given it to us and her and Luann still not talking to this day lets me know she was a greater threat than we ever saw. Yep. I agree. I completely agree with that. See, big mistake. See, this is why these shows to even, even a show like New York, they're just very produced in that way because I think that they, if this were like eight years ago, they would have just, they would have had our college at least have a scene with Luann or a scene talking about Luann. Now we have to, but now we have to pretend that she never existed, which is crazy because right. she was it, she was at half the events last year more than half so now we have to pretend she's not part of the circle I, I, sure sure exactly and i just think that 
uh, gone are the days when they really just let it all hang out, even to the detriment of someone's mental health. Because I'm pretty sure Kelly Kaloran Bensimone was having a psychotic break. I am 99% sure that as they were yelling, you're crazy, we were seeing all of it. I don't think they that it was pieced together. I think it was going faster than even the producers could come up with. And she was just, you know, Al Sharpton, Al Sharpton. And it was like, she unraveled. About? She completely unraveled. And they all knew it. They were all like, I think we're dealing with someone not sane. Someone was like, she needs her help. And they started talking about her as if she wasn't there. I she had no idea. Sonia went as far as saying, you're dealing with a crazy person, Bethany. You're talking to a crazy person. And right behind her. She's not here. Right behind her is Kelly eating jelly beans. I mean, (laughs) MS. Because she leaves. She like, you know, she like leaves the table and is like, I want to be done with this conversation. I no longer want to talk right now after basically starting a fight with every single person and not wanting to, to sit there and have the conversations. She leaves and then we see her skip in her rap dress. She's skipping and comes back and goes, do you guys want a jelly bean or a lollipop? And I, I was just like, what is going on right now? I, I, I almost always want a lollipop, but not <laughs> after what you just literally started a bonfire of emotions and conversations and then you just flee and then you come back with candy yeah it's like a bored child it's very childlike like you know yes. they stir it up and then like like oh actually like i don't want to go to my room right now i'm gonna go back and mix can it I up come out now can i come back and play yeah, no exactly. you literally just destroyed this kitchen you're in trouble you're going back to your room and so they, you know, Sonya was like, you know, we should just handle her with kid gloves, basically. And I have to give Kelly some credit because we've seen other people make a full on ass of themselves on these shows. Think of someone like Alison Dubois, who won't even acknowledge the show at Beverly Hills. Um, but Kelly is still willing to come back to this show. So now that Bethany's gone, it was yeah. just, I think that was the problem because she was going to kill her. Yeah, I, I, I she kept saying Bethany was going to kill her in her sleep. I give uh, Kelly some credit because she could literally disappear into the world. But like you said, she's still on social media. Like, and the posts are still zany and wacky. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe we would pull her back in. But I mean, to me, it's like we got to see more than just one appearance. Because remember, they brought her back for Luann's like uh, charity benefit women's luncheon, and she was the mystery guest. Oh my gosh, I remember. <laughs> like that wasn't enough. What that a was time. She, she just show. I know. She literally just sat down. Um, that wasn't enough. We need to like, we need some more airtime. So I think that like, look, the ratings are down. Bethany's long Very down. Bethany's so long gone. Kelly Ben Simone is, is iconic to the show. Take a chance. And I, I've been saying the same thing about Jill. I mean, I don't know what games they still have to play with Jill all these years later. I know she taped Andy, but come on people get over it and think for the better of the show. I know. I know that they're going to bring Jill back a couple of times as like um, this season as pretty much as Ramona's friend. But I think it's worth bringing Jill back because A, what else is she doing? B, Jill was never the problem. Sometimes I really want Andy to get over his personal beast. And it's a big reason, I think, why so many fans are constantly calling for him to get further removed 
from the women and even like from the reunions and just hoach watch it happens live because the show becomes a detriment because you're when you I get would, become I would totally friends, agree with you. I would when you become I friends with these women, it's like it, it, as much as and I do I actually do love Bethany and in the Carol versus Bethany fight for the reunion. I was team Carol up until the reunion and I became team Bethany. But watching Andy basically only placate for one person, it's it's frustrating because I'm like, let us decide who side we're on. You can't decide. Like, you can't have a place. Otherwise, who's going to show up? It's why Brandy Glanville famously, you know, was like, fuck you, like, a long time ago. Because you can't do that. Like, we need you to be far removed. Basically, just ask the questions. I literally couldn't agree with you more. We don't need his spin on his based off his personal relationships with these women. You can't have it both ways. You're going to be there as a moderator at a reunion, and then you're going to have them all show up to your baby shower and then text them one on one off season. Like it's just, it's not enough. And then also, he's screening these shows and um, giving no- network notes. So it's like you just like you can't have it every which way. And then right, on top of get a firing of Tamra. And then he's talking about how much he always thought Tamra was a great housewife. And now that we're hearing rumors line. that she's that coming a, back. That is a line. If I ever heard one, that whole stunt he pulled where he FaceTimed her. That to me was such a, a fake thing. I, it really pisses me off to be, I mean, I don't, I don't want to say they all regret, but it really pisses me off. No, I get it. Because I mean, to hear now that, She's likely coming back when I know you read the internet. I know you see what how polarizing she can be to so many people. And I'm not saying she's like this Vicky bad, but I'm saying let it. I've yeah, we've I've heard many many rumblings that if not this season, then the next season. But he's constant. He's even said since then he sees her back on on OC in some capacity very soon. He does not want to let her go. Like, get your friend, go have brunch with her. Maybe not right now, but like getting COVID. But like, go have brunch with her when this is all over. But leave us out of it. Yeah, I mean, I, I really, honestly. Um, I'm not that aware of people who are calling for him to be further removed from the housewives, but I think that's a good call. And I totally believe you. I, ju- I would be interested they're to hear. They're deep in my comments and they're very much so in my DMs. It's not post anything about him. It's like you, he needs to be, fu- they still think he's a part of casting, which he said vehemently that he's not, but I guess I can see where they're you, calling bullshit because so much of what he, who we see him be friends with is what becomes staples. And whom he's whose whoever side he's on is where we see most consistency. Right. He loves Teresa. Teresa stays. He loves Melissa. Melissa stays. You know, Tamara texts him frequently. He wants her to come back. He says, and why are, are outlets even interviewing him about housewives leaving if you're not a part of casting? If in my opinion, if it's yes. if you're saying you're not a part of that decision. Why is People Magazine asking you how you feel about LVP leaving or Tamara leaving? And it has nothing to do with you. Yeah. It, it has so, no, you are of no concern. And somewhere a- along the way, he became the mouthpiece for Bravo PR. And it never used yes. to be like that. There actually wasn't a lot of that in the beginning. And then I think they introduced this whole concept of Bravo Daily Dish. They're, they're blog and, of course, Watch What Happens Live. But some way along... I'd say maybe about two or three years ago, Housewives really took over reality blogs. And I follow a lot of them, and they're almost exclusively Housewives now. And it's like, 
like anybody else, this is not this is not just to a housewives world and Bravo world, but like if someone even mentions something in an Instagram comment, it's now an article, which drives me crazy because right. like, that's not news. That's not, <laughs> it's news. not news at all. But, Learn journalism. Go take a class. Yes, but somewhere along the way, that became the way that we do things now. And now Andy is like the head of everything. He has his voice in every single show. And so it's just, it's odd because we know that he serves as the EP of the Housewives, but he's really not connected to other shows um, credits wise, but it's, it's very interesting. I do not, um, I don't dislike Andy. I have no personal problem with him, but when it comes to the housewives, I would agree that he's just too involved. You can't have it both ways. And um, it is slightly to the detriment, I think, of um, these shows. Absolutely. Like, look at someone like a Nini. We know how much he loves Nini. Yes. She, and that's Nini the only reason on the why show. she felt emboldened to get yes. to this point. The way she acted at the Amen. reunion last year. And I have definitely, you know, I've gone to, I've gotten into many conversations with people on why I believe Nini was acting the way she was acting. But the only reason she felt emboldened enough to do that at her job, because I think that what she went through personally is not an excuse for what she went on at her her literal place of work with coworkers because the reunion is a contractual thing. The only reason she felt emboldened to do that was because Andy let her get away with it. And that so when it comes to having a three or four episode uh, you know absence and her being punished for it, which I think if you're going to assault a producer as much as I love Nini, that's they did not sign up to be in the the, the ring with the wrestlers so i think it should have been way more than a three episode arc of absence but the only reason she felt it, people were shocked that she even got that kind of punishment because they figure if she's with andy it's all good and fine and then we see them partying in miami and stuff which i don't like seeing my housewives with their boss because they it makes i don't believe when they tell me later that that's their boss we see Teresa with andy on the beach and yep. he's like oh i ran into you i would yep. not say that if i if i were him and he's like oh i ran into you and some guy and i know of course if, if she's not ready to talk about the men that she's you know sleeping with on the at the reunion i don't want to hear that you already are privy to this information because you hang out with oh, her because then so i feel smart. duped you are so smart I agree. You are you're so right on with that. I completely agree with you. It's it's just it's too much. And he used to say in the past that he would never go to any of the housewives' weddings or anything like that because it was just gonna. He just didn't want it to. It was too close, you know. Given his position, he didn't feel comfortable attending as a guest to anyone's wedding. But yet now it's like. Because he's a celebrity, he, he's invited to these events. Now the housewives have become household names. He's not going to miss out on these things. Look no, at the baby shower. Drug to these people. And Look the baby, at the baby shower, shower. bothers me to this day because I don't understand why he didn't get, why of all the people that had to text him afterwards and call him afterwards and were like, why wasn't I invited? You should have known you were going to get that question when you let, what, six women in particular plan it and plan your entire guest list. Obviously, you're then going to get questions from the Kim Zoltiaks of the world on why wasn't I invited? Because Phaedra was there and she's not even a full-time housewife or a, a, a Bravo connection for years. So, of course, you're going to get that question because you gave it to people that are too close. I would have just had like SJP and John Mayer hosted or something like that. Because the moment you have other people do it, it now creates a hierarchy. 
And now all these women, those six, five women think that they can literally do whatever they want. And, and it, it doesn't, doesn't matter. And it doesn't help when you have someone like Lisa Rinna screaming at people saying he made your effing life get up and dance for him. I think that was so <laughs> gross. I would have walked out, to be honest with you. Uh, that to me is like that, that, that that's like instructions, like being yelled at like that. I no. mean, yes, you're sure you might be right. But some other things, and if you're Dallas, then you're looking at it like, no, no, he didn't. <laughs> Because he hasn't been like a VP of ex- or of original programming for years. So if you're like a Dallas or a Potomac, he literally is just, what, maybe your EP at most when you have right. more than one? So are we planning baby showers and dancing on tables mm-hmm. at instruction for all of them? Yeah. Because it's not, it can't just be him. He hosts the reunions, and that's the thing. I think that if he wants to be a celebrity, he should just host Watch What Happens Live and watch the shows like the rest of us. He yeah, should just watch like know. the rest of us. And that's you know, the I'm... reason why people really like New York because they at least pretend to act with their own agency. You know, I agree with you. Um, I do. I will say I don't dislike Andy once again. Like I get the whole thing, but I think questioning his involvement in the show at this point where he does appear to be so close with certain women on an ensemble show you know where is the line and where are we going with it because like you said it's a lot of these it's to the detriment of some of these shows i think by having these people hanging on too long even like elisa vanderpump she hung on too long to beverly hills and And, kyle richards they're unable to do so can negotiate teddy's contract basically because that's the only reason i believe teddy's still on that show there's got to be no one hundred percent. She should have never gotten a meeting. They would have gotten rid of her immediately. She should have never gotten a meeting in the first place. Like initially, meet and greet with the producers. That other than the last name, which is a bunch of nonsense. Because as someone who's in the demo and who loves these shows, her being a melon camp means jack to me. It means nothing. Yeah, it me. means more to my mom who passes through the living room when I'm at her house watching it. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, that's in my own camp. She goes, oh, I used to love his song back in the day. And then she'll sing it and walk away. Like, it has nothing to do with the ratings. We're still watching on the same TV. And, you know, millennials and Gen Z, whom they consistently try to get the younger audience. And they've extended their demo. I keep seeing they extend their demo to 18. And I'm like, you're never going to get it. With some of without making some major changes. And that was one of the main things that people complained about with OC and Tamara and Vicky. Beyond Vicky being a vile individual, they were you can't want the demographic that you want between that 18 to 49, but primarily that 18 to 25, and have a Vicky Gumbelson and and use that as your pull-in. Because her being an OG doesn't mean shit to them. They were all practically in high school at that point. So they weren't watching it at all. So when you try to open it up and you're wondering why the ratings are so low, it's because they can't connect with some of these women. But I'm telling you right now, Teddy Mellencamp is not the answer. 
No, and, and if the show was in better shape and they had a more dynamic cast like The Real Housewives of New York, the cast could afford to have somebody like that on on it. And a good example of that for me is um, Carol on New York. That luckily, you know, the cast was in a, such a good place that they could afford to have someone like Carol who for a whole mm-hmm. season ran a, a marathon in one episode. You know, like, I mean, it could afford that. Um, in the past, I think Cynthia Bailey was a major drip, but the show was okay because it was balanced enough. And now Cynthia stepped up quite a bit, I will say. She's arrived. Yeah. I don't love her, but she's she's, She's she's earned her place. She's still like a mediocre housewife to me for Atlanta. On any other franchise, she might actually shine. But on Atlanta, again, you have your Porsches, you have your Kenyans, you have even your Ninis. There's so much more to their personalities that Cynthia will always seem more mundane. Yeah. No, I think you're right to something with that. And New York, it seems like, I think they're, they can, right now, they thought Tinsley was the answer for the younger generation. And the only reason why that's, that backfired a little bit is because Tinsley's money kind of removes her from even her own generation. She's right. a, a little bit more buttoned up. She's, you know, a daughter of Dale. She's not a millennial blonde in New York in Manhattan. Well, I think they made a really great move with Tinsley in the, when they brought her on because at that point they had tried to have on these young moms. And I've talked about this so many times. Yes. Bravo's obsession with these young moms. And, and maybe it will work in another place. I don't know. But in New York, it will definitely not work. We've seen it with Jules and Kristen and all these other people over the years. I, uh, Cindy is another. Is that her name, Cindy? Cindy Barshop yeah. or Barshop. It's just, you know, when you've got a cast with like a Sonia Ramona, Dorinda, and um, Luann, bringing in a young mom into those four women's circle, it's just it's, it's just not going to mesh. Those women, they, they're, they're way past that in their life, you know? They're way past that. All their kids are in college or, or, or right. past that. They're in like the next phase of their life. So to bring in a young mom, it's just not organic. So for someone like Tinsley, I'm glad that it's not like a trying for baby storyline because it just wouldn't work. Right, or already having like two kids and trying to manage your household because I want to. I'm not a mom, but so many moms and stuff follow me, and they all seem to genuinely love New York as uh, primarily their favorite. When I do the polls and everything, it's their favorite for the most part. Yeah. And I'm wondering if it's because the women are not taking care of younger kids. I like think it gives them an escape, you know. Yeah. So I to agree. Have these young moms on there it almost makes them be like okay i don't need to see screaming toddlers on my screen right this second i want to see 60 year old women or 50 year old women drinking having tons of sex and dancing on tables to let me know that post kids i'm going to still have the time oh yes you you are so smart i agree i am telling i'm co-signing all over the place over here (laughs) um yeah no really yeah i mean I, i i just like for me I, I have no interest in Vanderpump Rules because it's too close to home for me. I don't live that lifestyle, but like, it's literally down the street from where I live. I, I've, I've seen those people around. I, I don't aspire to be anything like them, um, I, especially, especially to have a home in the Valley. It's not really my goal in life. So to me, like that to me is just too close. So they all, I, while I am not a parent, I can only relate to parents listening by saying like the way that they're not interested in perhaps seeing, you know, child rearing on real housewives. I don't really want to see, you know, 
20 somethings in LA, uh, you know, getting drunk. I, I, I can see that or do that. <laughs> so exactly. It's, and it's I not think escape that makes for sense. me. It's not so escape many parents me. I talk to love Vanderpump rules because this is not the life that they can live right now. Right. And I get that they can't go out at 30 something and, you know, stay out all night, go to Vegas for a whole weekend. And so they like to watch it. Me, they're all slightly older than me. And I'm just like, I aspire to none of this because they seem like they still don't have shit together. And I don't want to be that way. So <laughs> I can't, I had to get off that no, ride. No, I don't really enjoy any of them, to be honest with you. Yeah, no, I, and I can understand that. But I th- I'm curious to see, and shifting gears a little bit to the premiere of New York, I'm curious to see how Leah plays out with Cass as a mom. Because I think they might have done the right thing by casting this kind of mother, but still trying to get the younger audience. I have been very vocal about how I feel about Leah as a person, because I've known about her before the show. And so I won't, I, I, but I can separate the entity from the art. So as a connoisseur of New York, I'm, I am focused on discussing her on this show within this ensemble as a character. I consider uh-huh. most of my housewives to be characters, especially in New York. Well, your, your perception of Leah, was it negative or positive before she joined the housewives? As a person, it's negative. As a housewife, it, it's changing. I think okay. she's going to do okay. Well, I said it and on my little recap rundown. The people rundown, seem to love her. On my recap rundown, the first thing I said about her was, it's good to see someone that's like, like a mom, but also like we're seeing like kids again on the show, which like dating back to the beginning that was so prevalent. You know, we saw this, the dueling Sweet 16 birthdays. We saw, you know, the kid, Manhattan Moms was the whole premise of the show. So it's like, okay, like we yeah. finally get to see someone that can actually show their their daughter, because Bethany couldn't, on the show. So I was like intrigued to see like, okay, we're going to see how this girl is going to be brought up in New York, kind of like how we saw with, with um, Ramona Singer's daughter a little bit. So that's a positive thing. Um, of course, she's unmarried, so there's still no real housewives on the show, um, <laughs> interestingly enough. <laughs> I think um, they're going to keep it that way too for a while. Yeah. But I'm enjoying um, the whole thing with her so far. I mean... I definitely feel like, and I said this on the recap as well. Like, look, they're gonna, they're, t- they're selling it that she is a native New Yorker, and they're gonna push that hard. And we already saw in the last episode, she loves New York. She's not afraid to talk about masturbation. She's really direct. She tells, she tells the daughter, "Don't let kids f with you." Uh, she talks about, you know, um, oral sex or whatever. I mean, so like we're getting that real New York gr- grit, you know. So I yes, think that I do they're find leading it'll be a little gritty. They're leaning heavily into that. What was her tagline? Born and raised in New York. Like, so that's the whole thing, you know? No, her that's not her tagline. Her tagline is stimulate like um, a bitch. Yeah, she's she's floats like a butterfly and seems like a bitch. Yeah. So yes, and we instantly got her boxing as her intro scene. So we know where that comes from, which is shout out to the editors for like reminding us this wasn't just like a one-off <laughs> line for her of just trying to prove that she's a badass, but like she actually is something did she take seriously. I'm curious to see what all she can talk about. Um, I mean, we got her origin story pretty early. Um, and that's something that she she's added to the wall of New York mugshots, which is has been going around the internet. So that's exciting. Uh, looks very different as well, which I also, I want more information on this baby's father of hers. I want more information on how we go from kissing to being swarmed by cops. I want a lot of information on that one because is where we get this connection 
to the mob that you are married to for your line. Because I'm familiar with the line and most people, you know, that's one of the reasons why I, you know, have my qualms with her, but I'm familiar with the line. Where do we get this term? Is this man, the baby, is the man you were kissing? Is he a part of the mob? Is that why he was surrounded by cops? Like, we, I need background. I feel like we're going to get it. We only had one episode. Yeah, but they I hope we do. so much in one episode that I'm almost like, is there time to elaborate? Right. I hope we really do. We need someone like that's curious enough to take a moment from their own life, because they're also wrapped yes. up in themselves, to ask her, like, you know, what is do it about? It. Yeah, the you're right. will do it. The <laughs> of her... Well, she'll do questions, in, but also want to relate. Ex, but judge. in exchange, in exchange for a ticket to the cabaret, she'll do it. You know, if she yes. knows she can fill a seat. Yeah, yes. um, she'll instantly want to take her to lunch. And we see in the trailer, they film a lot of the trailer around Leah, which lets me know she does eventually break out because I I was worried at first. I did think she did okay for her first episode, but it did remind me also how we get so many one season housewives on New York at least because I never think it's their personality. I think it's just them being surrounded by the other personalities that make them seem a little bit more like what the fuck am I in first? Right. And then I'm going to show out. They rise to the occasion, all of them at some point. But the same thing happened with Barbara Kay. When they get into that room of all of them, it becomes a lot, which I can imagine being in a room full of drunk New York housewives would be a lot. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I will say, looking at Leah, again, we're one episode into the time of recording this podcast, but um, she looks to me like a more than one season housewife. Just a vibe. Oh, I think okay. they're going to keep her. Just, because just a vibe. I think I think they've already signed her on for two, at least. I really do. I've heard lots of rumors that she allegedly was a late sign-on. Her contracts were not done in time. That Bethany was supposed to be her intro, allegedly. It ended up being Tinsley, which I can kind of see that they threw her on Tinsley because it didn't match to me as much as I think it did to a lot of people. I just don't see it. I saw her and Bethany. In a lot of ways, I saw her being a good intro for her because to Interesting. me, those two remind me of people that would get along. I don't think she's another Heather. I really don't. Yeah, I don't yeah. think that she's a rival of Bethany, you know, businesswoman, businesswoman. I think Bethany would have admi admired her New York upbringing, admired her grit, admired her take no prisoners personality and actually clung to that. I don't see that as much for Tinsley. I just think that they needed that connection because they're the closest in age. Though I could have also seen her being introduced by almost any of the women because of her attitude anyway. So a reminder would cling to anybody that basically is new and can get her a second check, except for the fact that when that she walks into Dorinda's party, she just completely bypasses all of them and was like, nope, I don't want to do that right now. I know. <laughs> Does she realize she's on camera? Like the shot they got of her, there's no way she can talk herself out of that. It's like the same thing like the angel ball with her walking around with a live mic. And she's like, I never did anything. I never did anything. And then they are being like, can you move me to table 86? Like, it's so obvious. Literally. Like, you, you still don't know how the game is played. Um, but yeah, maybe she's just that rude, but she just doesn't give an F. And she's like, oh yeah, there they are. I'm on oh, camera. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, not doing who that. cares? And yeah, I think she saw the new girl and was like, I don't want to get into the dynamic of this right now. I, yeah. I just don't. Yeah, and, that is something I have to prepare for too. She, she sees, I think she does, sometimes does show her age because I know plenty of people in that age who are like, I don't want to do it. If I don't want to do it, I'm not going to do it. I don't have time yeah. for this right now. Right. And I can understand she wants a cocktail first, her complicated ass cocktail that she ordered at the bar with her friends. 
you know, and before it even comes, she's crying about being alone with no real tears. I was like, this is why I miss New York. Can you believe we got a breakdown in the first episode? Within the first 10 minutes. <laughs> I mean, ugh. I, I mean, look just... right, and there's no one there. It's just Coco, and I love Coco, but I don't... He's a little girl. And I'm just like, Ramona, and she's like pulling her hair back by her head. Like she's fingering she's, her hair back. She's and in public, rocking back and forth. <laughs> she's oh. so stressed, and I'm like, you think you're stressed. Imagine the stress of that bartender when you walked in and like literally hit a valley junior high white girl going into Starbucks thinking that their order is so, so simple, but they made it so much more complicated for no fucking reason. Like, they're the ones who order the caramel macchiato, can I get, like, with extra caramel on the bottom, yes. two shots in the middle, can I get it, like, lightly blended, but not too much, and then um, I want whipped cream and then more caramel on top, and can you just toss it upside down and then give it to me? Thanks. She literally ordered vodka, club soda, muddled mint, but was like, I want you to put club soda on the bottom, muddle some mint, Add a shot of vodka, club soda on top, and then like a lightly stir, and then an ice cube. I'm like, you do know it's all going to filter down to the bottom. Like, all of it is just going to be one drink. You all going to come up the straw kid. together. You better be tipping it's, this guy. It's not a cake. You can't like layer one on top of the other. It's liquid. This is the chemistry one on one. I think that Ramona, of all people, is going to really drive a lot of this season. <laughs> home but I, I i think she's in good company the entire cast is going to seemingly do their jobs and i mean we got dorinda and then tinsley basically fighting over nothing and whether or not we should know the way dorinda attacks tinsley about being a gold digger it always baffles me because we literally met this girl as a trust fund baby oh yeah, I, that that whole feud between the two of them, uh, Dorinda being so upset that she doesn't know Tinsley is like, you're back on this shit again? Like, I really thought she was going to ease up on that. I don't what know what the problem know? is. She cried in a circus that she's miserable because she can't have a, a family and a husband and a baby. We know her real well. I know. I don't know why she, and I said this on my own thing too. She has just latched on to this and will not let it go. She is that this is like her new thing that she has to like parade around that we don't know Tinsley. She doesn't respond to text messages. She plays games. We don't know anything about her. I can't create a conversation with her. It's like, well, then maybe you're really just not going to be friends. And we, you know, if you have to and try that okay. hard with somebody, forget it. Like, if you have to bring out an entire drag queen to get someone to forgive you and have them, like, perform someone's cocktail cabaret song that apparently only some people know and not the rest of the world, <sighs> then it's already too hard. Because Dorinda acts like it's so hard to be Tinsley's friend when she's literally written the book on complicated friendship maintenance. True, true. Like, and, I, and you know what? And I'll leave it with, do we actually think that... Leah did not know Luann's song because that's the only thing that I find to be unbelievable. And it's not because I am so 
caught up in Bravo and like a lot of people where they think that, you know, everything Bravo is happening and we all know about it because we're all immersed in it. Like, no people, Bravo actually happens in a vacuum and it doesn't get nearly the ratings that people think it does. It doesn't do nearly as well as people think it does. It is a very niche market. So there are people who don't know who Luann is. I just don't think Leah is one of them as someone who claims to be born and raised in New York and Housewives of New York has become an entity even in New York. Whether they hate it or love it, the people of New York know Housewives of New York. I just think that most people are, are on the side of hating it. Well, I think that she had to have watched the season prior. I mean, wouldn't you? I mean, that's ridiculous. You they, think who signs a contract to be on a show they've never seen? Yeah, so I think she has, you know... Uh, and she hasn't heard... And she works as a clothing designer, correct? So she's never heard of Giovanni? I don't, yeah, that's another thing because I mean, even we get what happened. Jennifer Aiden in uh, New Jersey went to the Giovanni store as well. And I think that was solely because of Luann's, you know, song yeah. she had to be seen there. But Giovanni yeah. is a line, like it's a thing. I've heard of it as like prom, people have worn it to prom and things like that. It's, it's a, a thing. So, and for her to film her confessional, which happens post the episode being filmed. I'm just like, did you hold on to this feeling of you didn't know what Giovanni was? And you had to Google Giovanni? Like, did you really have to Google right. the the line, the song, Luann's Cabaret? Really? I don't believe, who signs on to go? I've never gone to a job that I didn't interview for. You go through an entire interview process with Bravo. You would know something. Who puts their entire life on TV without knowing what they're right. putting their life? Especially when you have a daughter that young. In her defense, all you can say is... Um, maybe because this is Luann's latest hit, this is her newest song. That maybe it was uh, she missed it. Um, you know, maybe it's just maybe she has money can't buy your class, and maybe she doesn't know the oh, new, maybe. the new, and the Luan improved, Luan yeah. improved, feeling Giovanni. It's like some people know, you know, don't be tardy, but they don't all remember. The ring didn't mean a On thing. Display. Oh yeah, the ring didn't mean thing. That's true. Yeah, yeah. That's like a deep, a deep cut. That's a deep housewives cut. So yeah, I, I, mean, I can tell imagine. you, like, as someone who really is heavily in this world, and unfortunately had to go to her cabaret not once but twice. Oh, uh, God. I, uh, I, I mean, it was fun for what it was, but I mean, it is, you know, it. It's it, it was a long and expensive night, and I've talked about it a bunch on my own podcast, but. Um, you know, I I fairly I'm fairly caught up with Luann, and even I have only heard Phil and Giovanni maybe two or three times. So you know, if you're not seeking it out, maybe you're just not that familiar with it. That would make sense. I will say that in order to be on this show, it, the, the the biggest tip of advice that I could give someone is do not insult Luann by telling her you don't know her song. Just just save yeah. us the 15 minutes of the reunion that will be spent on this moment. Oh, that, don't cabaret, do it. that cabaret. I am so tired of hearing about that cabaret. My theory is that Bethany quit because of the cabaret. I think you have to go to at least two. We're not going to give you the salary you want, and you have to go to two cabarets. And she was like, I won't do it. No, I, that's, 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 I yeah. can't spend my time I'm doing nice. that. I'm too busy these days to even be paid to go see Luann's cabaret. She's yeah. a sicko. I it's did a, it. It's a night out. It is something to see if you love the show. Um, but one once is enough. Oh, God. I mean, and you know, poor Leah doesn't even know she's in for it for a while. 
You'll hear yeah. those songs at every event possible. Oh, she, she'll have to definitely sit through at least that show once or twice because then it comes out in different forms. So they have like a Halloween one and a, they had the holiday one we saw last year. So like, you know, just when you think you've seen it, then there's like a little like rendition yeah. of it. And then that, that requires people to go back again because she's going to sing Jingle Bells at the lowest register of her voice. I mean, I guess, like, does that require another $89 ticket? I mean, I don't know. Honestly, and then to the point of it's now being parties, like you know, it's just in regular life, they're just trying to show up, do their job, have some drinks, fight with Dorinda, and boom, we got to feel Giovanni again, okay? And the girls are dancing their asses off, and I found that to be hilariously more refreshing than pretending or having to buy that Leah didn't know the song. Tinsley and Ramona, they're getting down on the dance floor to feeling Giovanni as if they've never heard it, and I was so happy this show was back. That energy just gave me so much life. Yeah, I hope more people will come back to the show and watch it because I hate to see if the numbers have fallen because I've oh, been trying so, different people so onto it. Low. It's like lower turned... than below deck sailing yacht, which I'm like, who is watching that? Wow. I've been trying to people onto people this. are watching more than that. I, I mean, those just the overnights. I mean, the streaming must be better because I mean, I, I just feel like this is the show people should be watching right now because it's just an escape and it's entertaining. You know, I even told my mom, what are you doing? my mom who can't stand housewives anymore because she thinks they're so fake. Even she's going to watch New York because she was like, you know what? Why not? Why See, not? My so. mom will too. She likes it because also it's more their her age groups and she finds that like refreshing. Right. And it's her want right. to go out with her girlfriends and have the time of her life after COVID is over. But she like ends up wanting to, you know, get she goes, see, I can get loose and have fun. And I'm like, this is a woman who truly despises what I do. I mean, she's proud of me for what my podcast <laughs> has become and could not tell you a single thing I talk about. She get, well has no interest. We'll let it play for everybody else around her, but it's like, and will talk me up. Like, just no interest in Bravo despises the whole thing. Thinks the fighting is just so awful. And she's one of those people. But in New York, she finds like oddly refreshing. So if you're not watching it, people, whatever, there is nothing that Bravo can do to bring you back into Bravo other than New York. Because if you're watching any other franchise but New York, I, I, I caution you for the disappointment that will soon come. Other than Potomac, but that's, you know, yeah. one of my own sales for a different day. But you it's, can listen to yeah. me rant about that for the rest of my life. I think that's something. But that's also very new. At least at least New York has been on forever. And they're consistently giving you good, juicy, comfortable seasons. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to savor it. And if anyone wants to listen to my uh, little recap rundown. Yes, it's on the tell same, everyone where they can find you. It's on the same podcast feed as Grant's Rants Hollywood Talk. It's also up on YouTube. So if you're just not a podcast listener, and you're, you listen in alternative ways, you want to listen on your desktop, you can hear it on YouTube. It comes out, God willing, the same night that the show will air. <laughs> um, that's no the goal. One, yeah, that's the goal. Uh, it's a lot of work, but um, I, it's 30 minutes or less. It's just the highlights and the laughs. And um, my take, I've always have a different person. Manny, I'll have to have you on. I mean, it, it's it's just a good time. So check it out. Absolutely. And please tell everyone where they can find you on socials and stuff like that so they can at least know when the, when the stuff is coming out. I'm always screaming about something on my Insta stories. I love uh, your <laughs> breakdown of... Um, 
all these interior like uh, room interior these home interiors and the rents are so valid because people decorate their homes in the shittiest ways so it's incredible it's not good only, time not only do these people decorate their homes poorly but then they go up there and they have to brag about it on youtube and it's like you're bragging about this you're actually you you took the camera out and you edited a video <laughs> to show me that you have a clear shower curtain and people can see your used razors and your Garnier fruit teeth. It's incredible to me. It's uh, exactly. at, it's at it's Grants Rants I T S Grants Rants and that's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm a little more active on the Instagram lately because it's just there's a lot to talk about. It's a lot to rant about and people need to hear it and see it and fully immerse themselves in it and I thank you so so much for coming on I had so much fun talking with you for well over 30 minutes so if you want juicy podcast come listen to this one amen I I had a good time too I love talking with you because you know these shows you're very informed I like your opinion I agree with almost all of it so this is fun thank you it was so much fun. And you guys know you can find me anywhere. You podcast and on Instagram and Twitter at Mixing with Mani. M-I-X-I-N-G-W-I-T-H-M-A-N-I. And by searching Mixing with Mani on the podcast, Thank You My Bobbers, wherever you go listen to those things. And please stay safe, stay home, stay healthy, stay happy. For more about me, Bravo, Housewives, Pop Culture, and so much more, follow me on Instagram at Mixing with Moni, M-I-X-I-N-G-W-I-T-H-M-A-N-I, so you can keep up with me. And don't forget to also leave a quick review on Apple Podcasts, if that's where you're listening, and rate me and maybe give me five stars. Thanks so much. Bye.